It's a good day to be in the house. All of these. Would you give the worship hand, the worship team a hand leading us today? It's comprised of individuals from the, the mission trip. We're glad that you're here uh, this weekend. Jordan Boom, along with Hayden Exley, put together a video of our mission trip that comprised the testimonies as well. So hope you enjoy. Video. Are you videoing or taking a picture? Videoing. Oh. oh, I was like posting it. Yeah, I'm still taking the picture. Ah. Oh, you're doing a video. <laughs> no, do you want to the video? Yeah. Uh, you know I hate doing that. I hope you're going to edit just, all of this out. Smile. Wait, are you doing video? Is this a video? Show me, hey, I feel again. 
17 years old and this is my fourth year going to Mexico. Well, this year I was really excited about going because the middle schoolers were going and I just really have a heart for them. And it's just a lot of new people, a lot of new leadership and I just felt like it was going to be a really good year. Um, I just really enjoyed getting to know everyone a little bit better. Um, and just spending time with the kids. And I really enjoyed working this year. We got so much done. And uh, I think because I've worked a full year now at my job, I appreciate working a lot more. So I was able to get a lot more done than I think the past few years. I really felt like the Lord spoke to me um, about being more open with Him about things. Sometimes it's just easier for me not to deal with anything. Um, and, and so I won't even like go to him about it, but I've learned that. I've learned a lot more about myself through this trip. The Lord's revealed a lot to me and I'm really grateful for that. And he was just um, showing me that I have a lot more in common with people in our youth group than I thought I did. I was able to get closer to a lot of people. Um, he used them in that way. Well, I got a lot closer to um, Miss Kathy and Elkie and Audrey, and it was just really good getting to know everyone. I feel like I grew with everyone, like each friendship and each relationship with people grew a lot stronger, and we definitely broke through that like awkward, oh, I don't really know you very well, but I see you all the time thing. Like we actually grew as a group. One of the days, we had just gotten done with our work, and me, Bridget, Audrey, and Hannah, and Maeve, we all went up to our room. We were all starting to take showers, and we noticed our loofah was gone. We were like, who would steal our loofah? So we go searching in the rooms, trying to find whoever took it, and we find it in uh, Jordan's room, and Allie has it. Allie's like, I was just looking for one, so I decided to take you guys' this. We were like, oh my gosh. So Bridget comes in the room, and she's like, we have to get her back, we have to prank her, we have to do something. So she's like, we should just hide all of her stuff. So we waited until Allie like, went down to go play with the kids and we took all of her stuff, um, like her sheets, her pillow, all of her clothes, her suitcase, everything, and we hid it under our bed and we put all of our stuff under our bed to look like that's how we kept our room. We just put everything under our beds. And all we left is her uh, water bottle and her Bible. We eventually put all of her stuff back, it was funny. I'm Tio, I'm 15 years old, and this is my second time in Mexico. I think it was the second day, it was, we had to do the plumbing across the street from one bath, from the old bathrooms to the new ones. And at first we had to like dig up the road, like break the concrete and then take out the pavers, then fill, no, I had to dig it all out, lay down the pipes and uh, on both sides, but then we got to the sidewalk and someone had the genius idea of just throwing a rebarb into it and just hammering it through. And once we got it through, which took about an hour, it got stuck and it just, it just wouldn't come out. And it took us about two hours of just hammering at it from both ends and pulling on it with chains. And we eventually just got another rebarb and just knocked it through again. But uh, it took about four hours probably a little less than that, but around there to get it out. 
and afterwards, it, everyone hated that it took so long, but afterwards when you look through the hole, it was just a perfect, like, pillow of cement. So if anyone would go over it, or like if you were to drive over it, it, was, it wouldn't crack if there's too much weight on it, because the cement would hold it. So it's better that it took that long to drill the hole through than to have a crappier hole and it just broke, so. One of the funniest things was we were playing soccer out on the court outside and uh, Vite passed the ball to me as Chase turned around and I shot it and just knocked Chase in the head and I think his hat fell off and everyone was laughing and Chase was mad. I encountered God many different ways, mainly through him just speaking to me all the time, just all throughout the day. But the weirdest God moment I had was uh, when I was cutting carpet. I had a, uh, I had a, like the gap like this big I had to fill, and I took the carpet, I measured it out, and cut it, and I accidentally cut it this big. It's too small. And then when I laid it down, it was this big. It was bigger than the gap that I had, which I knew I'd cut too much. So it was, I, I said, okay, I just, I measured it wrong. But then when I put the piece that I'd cut from the carpet, it was like this big, when the carpet squares are like this big. So I got it, stretched the carpet out so I didn't have to get a new piece, which that was really cool. Mainly God just helped me grow more in what he wants me to do later in the future. With a lot of the people, I felt like I got a lot closer, just knowing their personalities a lot better. And it was, it was a lot of fun to get to know more people. The most important lesson I learned was not to eat a Mexican pepper. Yeah, I want to go every year that I can, and as many mission trips as I can. My name is Gabby Exley, I'm 16 years old, I'm 17. These are the same as first service, and we had a different set of people for a second, so they're going to find that real quick for us. <clears throat> but those were great so far. Amen? and tech people that work hard to make this happen for us. There we go. Yay. That's a good shot. Oh. It was a great trip in a roundabout way. My name is Kenya. I'm 14, and this is my first mission trip. I don't really have a favorite uh, memory. Probably just like being able to play with all the kids and uh, impact on their lives. One of the ways that I encountered God on this trip was through all of the kids and all of the joy that the kids had and then no matter what it was that they had gone through 
or it, whether it was like abuse or anything like that, all the kids were so joyful and happy, no matter what it was, what they had gone through. They always had a smile on their face and they were always happy and through that, God showed me his love and he, th he showed me his love not only through that, but through the way that others would impact their lives, the way that my brothers would love on the kids and things like that. He would show me his love through that. Uh, through this trip, God showed me um, that I grew in him by, he told me that I needed to be more dependent on him instead of like myself or whatever it was that I was being dependent on. He would talk to me and, you know, tell me like throughout the entire trip that I have to completely trust in him and give it all to him and I'll be completely dependent on him and I have been and it's awesome. I feel like I grew closer to the girls in uh, my cabin which were Hayden, Gabby, Allie and Jordan and we just all, it was really fun. We got to talk and uh, really get to know each other through the whole trip. Uh, one of the biggest lessons that I learned on this trip was that God is proud of me. Throughout the entire trip, this was another thing that he revealed to me. It didn't necessarily hit me the first night, but um, yeah, all throughout the trip, he just, he was constantly saying, Kenya, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've done for me, and I'm proud of everything that you've accomplished for my kingdom. I definitely think that I would like to go to Mexico again. Uh, we had an awesome time, and I really would like to go back and continue to build the relationships that I started with all the kids down there and people, just people down there. Ever since Mexico, I've been reading my Bible and praying and talking to God a lot more than I did before. Not necessarily that I didn't, but just it's, I formed a habit of wanting to and really chasing after God ever since Mexico. Hello, my name is Aaron Warren. I'm 17 years old, and this was my first missions trip and first time out of the country. Uh, I just felt a calling to go. It, I couldn't explain it. I just felt like it was the right thing to do, to go. Everything, the food, the van rides, not really, but... <laughs> um, just working at there, playing with the kids, playing with the other people there. Not the, the people that weren't the kids, but the teens and adults too, like volleyball and stuff like that. It's fun. One of my favorite memories probably be playing volleyball with everybody. It's fun because it was everybody, uh, us and the people down there, and the softball team. Uh, we didn't pick favorites on the teams we did. We just ran to the side and played. It's fun. Um, probably one of the God moments that stuck out to me was when we were at the uh, their church service. Um, if I could finally understand what it meant by every tribe and every tongue would be worshiping God and others, like we're all equal to God. I think I grew in that I understood that I need to be less that, so he can be more in my life. And that the whole trip and everything we did amplified that. So I think that's why I learned most about that. So we started off just digging a regular trench so we could put the line in. And then we had to get to the point where we had to get the line under a sidewalk. And so we hit the rebar through the sidewalk. It was kind of easy. It took about 10 minutes, I think. But then we couldn't get the rebar out of the sidewalk. So we spent the next three hours hitting it back and forth. 
and pulling it and doing everything that we could think of, digging out from underneath the sidewalk, everything we could except for busting up the sidewalk. We tried everything we could, but we couldn't get it through. And so eventually we got another steel bar and we put it up against the rebar and we finally hit it through and then we we're all scared that the steel bar was going to get through, but then it just came out pretty easy. So we were happy about that. And then when we got underneath it and we could actually look through, we saw that the sidewalk got thicker in the middle so that we were, trying, we were actually breaking the concrete underneath the sidewalk. And so when we put the, bar, the pipeline through, it was a perfect seal and a perfect hole for the bar to go through. I think I would love to go to another mission trip. I think it would be fun and learn a lot more. Probably um, another verse I um, understood more was pray continuously. I'm trying to do that one a lot more. My name is Chelsea. I'm 14 years old, and this is my first time going to Mexico in my first mission trip period. Um, I felt really honored to go this year. It was really a blessing to be able to work down there for them and give them that blessing in return. Um, if I had to describe this trip in one word, it'd be home. Um, you just felt so loved and welcome when you came and. Um, they really would bless you, even though you came to bless them. Um, I got a lot out of this trip. Um, I found patience in it, which was really hard for me, but um, I learned a lot through that. And my God moment this year from Mexico would have to be a rock that I found. It was a little white rock, and I didn't notice it. It was buried in the ground. It was nasty, and we were clearing the trenches and we finally got done <laughs> and I got my rock and I started rubbing on it as we worked and I washed it off and it started turning white and I put that in thought and prayed about it of why God wants me to have a rock and he gave me the reason of we were born into sin and we'll always be surrounded in it, but when we serve and obey God and walk in His footsteps, that He rubs on us and He starts to clean us and stuff. Um, I grew closer to God in this trip by, um, I got to hear His voice louder from getting away from all these distractions back at home and being able to go out there and serve and be with my friends, some of them. Um, that I could get closer to, and I heard God's voice a lot louder than I would hear. I grew closer to my friends and leaders through this trip by doing devotionals together. I thought that was really cool because we could hear each other's opinion on how the week was going and how we felt about it and stuff. Um, my most important lesson on this trip was patience. That's always been really hard for me because I want it done then. But I, I had realized that a lot of things that happen should happen on God's time and not mine. And they really helped me learn that down there. Tia decided to go around and ask these little kids to say Cole has no swag in Spanish. And these kids had no idea what the heck was, and just to see their face when T.O. asked them to say it was priceless. But I will definitely be going to Mexico again, and something that stuck with me is Adam said that our life is a missions trip, and 
we don't have to go outside of the country to hear God's voice. We can hear it now. We just have to let him speak to us and let us listen. My name is Emma. I'm 16 years old, and this was my first mission trip. Um, I wouldn't say that I, like, had a calling. Like, I don't, I never had, like, this God moment where God told me, like, yes, this is where I want you to go, or, like, this is, um, like, something from the Lord. It's just something, like, I wanted to do, because I'd never been on a mission trip. And it had been kind of, like, a thing lately. Like, I want to travel, and I want to, like, this is something that I want to do. Um, not because it was a God calling or anything. But I told God that I wanted to go, and I asked him, like, to give me the okay, and he did. Like, he cleared the whole path. He gave me all the money. He gave me everything I needed. So I was like, great, I'm going. I would say I would call it, like, joyful. Everybody had a very joyful attitude, and that's something that I'm going to remember a lot. Like, everybody cooperated, and everybody was just, like, really happy the whole week. So I would describe it as joyful. It was a joyful time. One of my favorite memories is bonding with the kids, especially like one little girl, how she like came up to me and she uh, she like took my hand and she like led me off and she wanted to play with me. Like she wanted to be my friend and that's like one of my favorite memories. I encountered the Lord um, not only every day from like everybody around me and like I would look at people and the way they're acting and I would be like, that's the Lord working in them. But I would say that the word that God gave me, like the first night we were worshiping, like the Lord told me that when we sing that song and we ask him to fill us up, like he's asking us to pour out. Like he wants us to bless others and he wants us to like go out and help other people. Like he wants us to pour out. He doesn't want us just to be filled up the whole time. One of the most important lessons I heard on the trip was when Ricardo said like, when we grow in the Lord, like, we hear the word of the Lord, and then we act on it, and that's a step of faith. And then we hear what God wants us to change again, and we act on it, and we change that about our lives. That's a step of faith. That's how we grow in the Lord. Like, when we were saying goodbye, I was going to say goodbye to this one little girl named Estrella. And Estrella, in English, means star, so her name was, like, star. So I was going around, and I was, like, using my feeble Spanish, and I was like, don't they have stars today yet? And everybody thought I was talking about a star. So they were like pointing to the sky and everything. And I was like, no, like the Nina, like the little girl, like where is she? And I like went around everywhere and I finally found out she doesn't actually live there. So I was like, well, never mind. Yeah, I would like to go back to Mexico again next year. We'll see what God has for next year. I am Jasper Emerton. I am 14 years old and this is my first uh, missions trip ever. Um, it's my first time out of the country and it was just, it was really unexpected, the things I saw over there. Um, every, sat every fourth Saturday, I'd always go to Wary, do all that kind of stuff. I loved working and playing with the kids at Wary and stuff like that. And I just thought Mexico was just another step up. Uh, one of my favorite memories was playing with this little boy named Caesar. Um, he taught me that while playing tag, you can um, touch something blue and you're safe. And we played for a long time and just playing with um, him just was awesome. Relationship with, my relationship with the Lord got a whole lot better. I learned um, that I'm supposed to read my Bible more. I got to read my Bible more. That's something that I think all of us struggle with. I learned more about worship a little bit. Um, to get closer with God. 
not every time are you flat out on your face um, in a weak position where you're just out there. Not every time you do something like that, but you're still worshiping, and you worship through everything you do. Not just when you're sitting around playing some music and praising the Lord. You can worship while you work outside. The ride there and back was a very long ride, and we, ha and we got to see each other at our finest points and our worst points, when we were just fed up with each other. And that just made me grow in relationship with all of my um, people in my van. I'd say I really connected with Cole more. Um, me and him are pretty good friends, but um, not really before the trip. And the entire way there, entire way back, the entire time we were there, we were just right next to each other. We were the eighth graders, so we were the underdogs, and we had to stick together. I, I, while I was there, I read the Bible every day for at least half an hour to an hour. And when I've got, since I've got back, it's kind of gone down from like half an hour, an hour to like ten minutes every other day. And I want to try and keep that up and read my Bible every day for a while. Hi, my name is Elkie. I actually turned 17 in Mexico, and this was my first missions trip. Initially, I didn't feel called to Mexico because it was mainly because all my friends were, had gone and they talked about how amazing it was. But over time, I felt more and more drawn to it because I've always loved the mission field and I've always wanted to go. I've just never really had the opportunity. And so I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> if I could describe the trip in one word, it would be changing. <laughs> mainly because, well, it changes everything. Your point of view changes because going through Mexico, at first it seems kind of like America, but the more you see and the more that you hear about it, the, how much you realize how different it is and you get to really appreciate what you have here. And it changes your relationships with the girls and youth and the guys too. And the leaders and even your relationship with Christ. And it was just life changing. One of my favorite memories was actually on the first day, we all went out to the kids and I was really nervous because everybody always talks about how you're going to have that special kid that you bond with. And so on the first day I met, I kind of went out looking for that special kid kind of thing. And I went around playing with different kids. I ended up by the pool, which we weren't allowed to go in, but we ended up going over talking to the kids and everything. And it was really funny because there were three little boys in there. There was Rodrigo, Alejandro, and Samuel and I actually became close to them throughout the rest of the trip. But by the end of hanging out with the pool with these kids, I was drenched, completely and utterly soaked with water. And people asked me if I had gone in the pool, which you aren't supposed to do, but I really hadn't. But it was so much fun just being able to play with them. And the language wasn't even a boundary, really. You, you could try and talk to them. It was actually kind of fun trying to figure out what we were saying and everything. One of the worship nights, Jenna had been a little upset and so all of a sudden she was crying and like I could hear God speaking to me like over her saying like my daughter my daughter kind of thing and later I told her about it and we were able to talk a lot and I grew a lot closer with Jenna that night over that moment that God let me share with her and it was really great because sometimes your God moments aren't for you they're for some other somebody else 
my spiritual habit that I wanted, want to keep doing and I really need to get into is I've always read my phone on my Bible app because there's an app for that and like everything these days and I have all my plans on there and everything and my bookmarks and my highlighter but I didn't realize how fun it was and how great it was to actually read the Bible. Hi, my name is Cole Berger. I'm 14 and I was a member of the 2013 Rio Bravo mission trip. On June 5th, me and my sister applied to get our passports for the Mexico trip and they told us it would take four to six weeks for passports to come in. And about two weeks, two and a half weeks later, my dad asked my mom to call the passport bureau and before she did, she felt called with my sister to pray about it. And they did, and then they called, and the lady that uh, answered the phone, she said that they were sent out today, which was June 20th. And three days later, we got My mom, on the phone, still with the lady, told the lady, thank you, you answered our prayers. And then she said, I can't take credit for that. And right then and there, my mom knew that she was a Christian, and then she End of the call with you have a blessed day. And that was an amazing moment for me because I, had, I didn't think I'd be able to go. Passports weren't supposed to come that early. A good memory would be every day we woke up and it was there was a storm coming around us every day that kept the, it wasn't it was just a circle around uh, the children's home. And it kept us cool, and it was it just it was breezy. The wind was great. And when I asked my brother if this is what we had, this is the kind of weather you had when you came here the past four years, he said, "No, not there. He's never seen anything like it." And right there, I knew that God was with us, and He was here with us, protecting us. After the Mexico trip, God just it, it just told me that I should read my Bible more and. And uh, from the Mexico trip, I just been reading my Bible every day. And I learned something there every time I opened the book up. One of the most important lessons God taught me on this trip was to not take everything for granted. And I just, it just made me realize all the stuff that I have and all the people I get to be around, get to learn from. and. Every day these kids wake up with a smile on their face and they they live in a children's home, they don't have any parents. And for them to wake up with a smile every day it just makes you kind of step back and not get mad at your parents when they tell you to go take out the trash or some easy chore or something like that. What kind of question is that? Of course I want to go to Mexico again. It was awesome. On the way back from Mexico, Jonathan decided to play the song called Send Me On My Way hundreds of times. And uh, about the, after the first time, Kenya uh, and Chelsea asked him to play a song called Cielo by Phil Wickham. And he said, yeah, yeah, play it next. And then he decided just to keep on playing Send Me On My Way. So Kenya and Chelsea decided to just have a fit back there. And they were getting mad at Jonathan. It was awesome. And then we just kept on dancing, and every time they'd turn back on, we'd look around, look at Kenya, and go, jump around. It was awesome.
tell you to run. Well, pick me up with golden hand. Oh, let's sail. Oh, let's tell you to run. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm over to see, I'm The trip truly was uh, a fantastic trip, lots of memories, lots of cool God things happening uh, in Mexico and with our teens, and I'm very proud of the teens. One of the words that the Lord gave me, uh, one of the nighttime, our worship time together, uh, was just a word of affirmation to our teens. We have a, a fantastic group of teenagers in this church, and, uh, and so I'm proud of them, and really it's evidenced by the fruit that they have in their life. You see the fruit in their life, it's evident. So my question to you today is, what's your fruit look like? Are you bearing fruit? Would you stand with me? We're going to quickly read some scripture and, uh, just for a few minutes here. I am the vine, you are, up. Oh, let's start over. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And one more verse. Another one right up there. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it does bring life. I pray that today, Lord, uh, that you would just minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you yielding fruit this morning in your life? As you take a sober assessment of your life, can you say, I am bearing fruit? And if you're plugged into the source, or you're plugged into the mind, then the answer to that question should be yes. So that begs the question, are you plugged into the source? I'm sure at some point in your life, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've heard the question, or you've heard the statement, rather, God has a plan for your life. How many have heard that? God has a plan for your life. And he certainly does, and, and we often get bogged down by plans. We think we've got to cater to, we got to cater to plans, we've got to work toward the plan, we've got to stick to the plan, we've got to focus on the plan. But that's not the intent at all. God doesn't want you to focus on details and, and doing things. He wants you to focus on Him. So we don't focus on the details of the plan. We focus on the author of the plan. And the simplicity of God's plan is this. God's plan for your life is He wants, you to, he wants to make you like Jesus Christ. He wants to make you like Jesus Christ. And in order to do that... We've got to remain in him. 
I've got some transition going on in my life right now, and one of the things the Lord gave me on the ride down, uh, Jonathan, which, by the way, Jonathan Walsh led this mission trip and did a fantastic job. Um, I'm like looking over here, he's over there. Uh, one of the words that God gave me when I, you know, I'm talking about thinking about this plan thing is, you know, I, I'm, I'm going through a transition right now, and I'm walking on eggshells thinking, Lord, if I, if I say this, the whole, everything's going to fall apart. Or if I do this, or if I step in this area, or I say the wrong thing, or everything's just going to fall apart and crash down. And uh, through one of the messages in the van, God just kind of spoke to my heart, and he said, Kevin, I hate to bust your bubble, but you're really not that big of a deal. <laughs> And that kind of put me in check because God is huge and I'm so small and there's nothing I can do that's going to mess up this massive, huge thing that he has. And, and same for you. There's nothing you've done in your life that's going to thwart God's ability to use you and make you productive for the kingdom. And so that was a real liberating moment in my life that I don't have to, I can continue to just be faithful day by day by day, trusting him that he's going to work everything out. God's plan for your life is to make you like Jesus. And he wants to make many of, uh, he wants to make many of us like Jesus uh, before he comes back. It's, it, it, if God's ultimate desire for you, uh, if, he had, if, he, if he was asked the question, what's my ultimate desire for you, it would be to make you like Jesus. It wouldn't be that you become a great teacher, a great pastor, a great missionary, a great doctor. And those are all tools, and those are things God lines up for us so that we can use those. But... He wants to make you like his son. And the commission, that's us with the power of the Holy Spirit, is to make Jesus famous in all the earth. But we can't feel the commission without ourselves becoming like him. Because people see the fruit in our lives. And if we're not yielding fruit, then people don't see him, they see us. We have to stay plugged into the source. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know in all things God works together for the good of those who love him. So we know he's going to take care of the path. He's going to take care of all of the things because we love him. And it says, who have been accord called according to his purpose. Well, what's his purpose? It's to make us like Jesus. For those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We don't like that conformed word. That's not, that's not a fun word because to be conformed, to be shaped, to be molded into something, sometimes we've got to break some stuff off. And sometimes that comes through some pain and some tribulation and some fire because at the end of the day, if there's anything else except for Jesus Christ left, then something's wrong. At the end of the day, we want to be shaken out so that all of us is gone and only he remains. Amen? So as we're looking at missions today, what's God's mission? God's mission is to make you like Jesus and our co-mission, our co-mission is to make Jesus famous in all the earth. Let's pull up that verse one more time. Would you Jill, up there? I am the vine. This is what he says. Jesus sets up this, uh, this story, if you will, in a very interesting way. And this is what he does. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And one of the things I love about that first statement there is that he establishes that he himself is under authority. Jesus Christ walked under authority to his Father. And I know you've heard it said that Jesus loves you, and that's absolutely true. Jesus does love you. That's not why he did what he did. 
He did what he did because he was obedient to what his father asked him to do. And so he establishes in this that I too am under authority. And guess what, guys? I needed that model. Because for Kevin O'Day to come under authority and I'm trying to be like Jesus Christ, I needed to see Jesus model that for me by coming under the authority of his father. I am the vine, you are the branches. Then he says, I'm sorry, you are the, he says, I am the vine, my father's the gardener. So the gardener comes in and he takes off. And what he says, he says, it cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. You know what that tells me? No matter how well known you are, no matter how hard you work, no matter how good looking you are, and some of you look decent, (laughs) no matter how many people are following you, if you're not bearing fruit, you're of no use to God. If you're not bearing fruit, you're of no use to God. He cuts you off. Because we're on mission. The mission is to make Jesus famous, and the mission is to make you more like Jesus. You're not bearing fruit, no use. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. So what that tells me is that even though I'm being fruitful, there are going to be moments when he takes that fruit and so that I can, make, so that I can be in a position to be even more fruitful, he has to prune some of those things back. That's where in Scripture it says, in this world you will have trouble, but What? sob and be, be crying and weep and desperate. No. It says, take heart, take courage. I have what? Overcome the world. I need a Jesus who can overcome the world. Amen? Skip down a little bit. It says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in him. How do we remain in him? By spending time with him. And getting in the Word. How many times did we hear in the testimonies? Well, the Lord told me to read my Bible more. The Lord told me to read my Bible. Guys, we learn about Jesus through this. There's essentially two reasons why we feel like God speaks louder to us out on the mission field. The first reason is because we abandon all distractions. And the second reason is because we make a sacrifice to get there. Let me tell you something. If you will abandon distractions today and you will make a sacrifice of your time, God will speak as loud to you today as he does out in the middle of nowhere in Mexico, Africa, or whatnot. If you're trying to hear from God, abandon your distractions and spend time with him. He's not far away. He's touchable. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to listen. He wants to make you like his son. The teens in our church are bearing much fruit because they are drawing from the source. And God is using that fruit to make Jesus Christ famous. Scripture also tells us that we are to be living abundant lives. If you're bearing fruit, you should be living an abundant life. When something happens to us, we're very quick to go to that scripture that says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I don't understand as Christians why we live there. Because we will claim that verse every day, that we will claim that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy, but we won't look at part B of that verse. Because part B of that verse is where we should be living. And it says this, I have come that you may have life. And not where you're just barely making it, but life more abundantly. So yeah, maybe the thief is coming to kill, steal, and destroy, but that's not where we're living. We're living an abundant life because we know the overcomer of the world. So the abundant life happens on this thing that we we call the narrow road. I'm going to tell you real quick, and we're, we're about to end here. 
I think it's getting harder and harder to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you why. Because I believe, and this is just Kevin, but I believe that Christians are redefining Christianity without biblical principles. And so you better believe that I'm sitting over here weeping when I hear these teens saying, I need to get into the world because guess what? They're going to be leading my daughter. And I need them to know some truth so that they speak that into my daughter's life. And let me tell you, if you're going to be leading somebody, these teens are looking at you. Are you in the word? Are you leading them with the truth? Are you leading them based on how you feel about things? This Jesus that we talk about desires to be known. And if you think that life is all about goosebumps and feel good, you got something else coming because Jesus Christ had to go through some horrible, pretty bad pain so that we could have eternal life. And he doesn't desire for us to be just sobbing and in pain all the time. But let me tell you, sometimes we got to get beside ourselves. And for me, for Kevin O'Day, whenever I'm looking in the mirror and I see more of me than Jesus, that's some pain that he's got to cause in my life, that he's got to shred some things off of me. Because when I look in the mirror, I don't want to see Kevin, I want to see Jesus. And I hope when you look at my life, you see Jesus. And I hope that when you look at these teens' life, you see Jesus. We see it through the fruit. People, people see Jesus through the fruit. So not to have the attitude of, I don't need a Bible, I just need Jesus, my pastor, and my feel-good. is not where we need to live. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Guys, I want to be with the Father. I want to be with the Father. I got to go through Jesus. Narrow is the road. Are you on that narrow road today? Because let me tell you, the, the, the broad road, the world is advertising that broad road like nobody's business. Billboards, promotions, money, all types of different ways to get on that broad road. And I find myself tempted. Do you not? Am I the only one? Tempted to be on that broad road. But he says, are you willing to get on the narrow road? And guess what? I just think it's getting narrow, narrow. Even when people who call themselves Christians, I have to part way from you because I'm trying to keep my eyes not on you, not on a person, but on Jesus Christ. Is your life bearing fruit this morning? Would you stand with me? Our goal is to become like Him. And the closer we get, the more fruit we yield. And it's the fruit that people see. You want to make Jesus famous this morning? You want people to buy into this omnipotent God that we know? You better have some fruit for them to see. And you don't grow fruit by trying to follow some master plan that you're involved with and your hands are in and these devices and all of this stuff. You grow fruit by remaining in Him. What's your fruit look like this morning? If you're going to pray with people, would you come down? I don't know where you are this morning. I hope that the the, the testimonies minister to you. I'm going to encourage you today. Come on down, guys. Don't be afraid. Elders, staff. Um, I want you to ask a team. We're in the blue shirts today. They're going to run out of here. Don't let them run away from you. But stop them and say, what, what did God do in your life in Mexico? And how's it changing you now? Be encouraged with that. But for some of you in here, you came and you had some burdens. Maybe you've lost your joy. Maybe you, Lord, am I in the source or am I so worried and consumed with the world and my plan? 
that I'm not really connected to you, Lord, and I need some help with that. If that's you this morning, that's what the call's for. Come down here this morning, get reconnected to the source and identify the fruit that's in your life. Let's worship together. Let them share a story. You have a story to tell as well. Been a Christian any length of time, you've got a testimony. Your story is part of it's the tool, it's the biggest tool that God's given you to point people to Him. Share it. Raise your hand, let me give you a blessing. May the author and the finisher of our faith hold you close to Him and gently prune off the things that shouldn't be there so that you conform more and more to His likeness in order to fulfill the co-mission of making Jesus famous in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.